I mean, the funny thing about the guardian angels, it's kind of like the sort of people whose greatest ambition was to be a, an auxiliary to the New York police auxiliary department. Auxiliary cops are the but best. But then they couldn't, that was like way beyond them. So, I mean, a lot of the wow. time, guardian angels, like you'll notice they maybe, um, they have an eye missing or... <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. They only have one pant leg on their pants somehow. <laughs> But so you have two narratives. One makes perfect sense. You have a Bernie fan who worked for the DNC, who discovered that the DNC was screwing his candidate, so he released information that he had direct access to. Sure. On the other hand, you have Boris and Natasha. Boris and Natasha, this whole very crazy, you know, conspiracy. I mean, so that seems to be the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the very plausible thing being ignored. <laughs> Go figure. All right. Joining me now is uh, a columnist for City Journal. Uh, you're not a, a columnist for you're the associate editor of City Journal. I'm the associate editor of City Journal. Joining me now, associate editor of City Journal, Seth Barron. Uh, and, and you were about to list something else. So. No, you know, I write. I do write columns for City Journal. I guess I write articles for City Journal, and I write for the Post sometimes. Yes, the Post. I've even seen you, your byline in the Daily News. I've been in Daily News. Which is, uh, hey, that, that, that's, that's also a paper worth reading uh, when you're in it. Uh, you're really too good for the show, Seth. <laughs> I, I would say absolutely the opposite. Uh, I would say either the show is too good for me or I fit right in. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you, you're too modest. Uh, you know, this is a Seth that gets to ask questions of the mayor. And, uh, and at times ask some very pointed questions, which the mayor does not enjoy answering or even addressing at all. That's true. Um, nor the Speaker of the City Council. Uh, you know, I I don't get a lot of, um, let's put it this way. I Friday nights I used to get invited to be on um, Errol Lewis's show. Mm-hmm. But I haven't I haven't gotten one of those invitations in a long time. <laughs> Errol Lewis from New York One. Yes. Uh, the, uh, uh, I guess... Uh, I actually saw him at something that I, that I saw you at too that I was invited to, to by you. That's right. Yeah, and um, was a little starstruck, almost, you know, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, uh, but but hey, if I've seen you on TV, you are a star, you know. I've heard that. I mean, I don't want to tell stories, but I've heard that his show, uh, Inside City Hall, a New oh. York one, actually has like a very very low viewership. <laughs> Which I don't know if, if that's true or not, but... Uh, but like, you know why? Because they're not having you on anymore. Oh, yes, of course. That has something to do with it. I did used to enjoy something that was on there by uh, that where the, where he featured... Um, oh, uh, Curtis Sliwa, yeah, the founder Curtis, of the Curtis. Guardian Angels. Guardian Angels, right. Yes. Yeah, man, I'm way off. But yeah, they, I, he used to go on there and have uh, these, like, Errol Lewis would say something, and then he would say something in character or something like that. They had some kind of weird back and forth. Are you, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, sure. Curtis and uh, Gerson Barrero, they would go back and forth. They would have all these, um, you know, yes. It was very irreverent for that show, I thought. Well, Curtis Lewa has his own take on things. I mean, do you remember when he said that he would sleep with, um, he was talking about all the city council members he'd banged? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that's kind of the level of Curtis Lewa's like. Oh, that's great. That's great. Like though. who the sexy and how he wanted to have sex with Melissa Mark Viverito. Wow, well, man. he actually did impregnate the Queensboro president. No, yeah, and <laughs> was she president at the time? No, no, but she's had a couple of children with him. And, uh. <laughs> I mean, the idea, it's kind of like, 
the idea of being like a groupie for the city council, like <laughs> when you're, yeah, and, and when, you, when you have this like legendary kind of status in a way, you know, what I mean, to, the guardian and, angels, or, yeah, the guardian uh, angels, yeah, I guess. I will. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> their appearance, or you know, the the when they faded away, it marks a time in New York history. I mean, you know what I mean? It, it's at least a footnote, right? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, they, they're still around. I mean, the funny thing about the guardian angels. Um, it's kind of like the sort of people whose greatest ambition was to be a, an auxiliary to the New York <laughs> Police Department. Auxiliary cops are the best. But then they couldn't, that was like way beyond them. So, I mean, a lot wow. of the time, guardian angels, like you'll notice they maybe, um, they have an eye missing <laughs> or... <laughs> maybe. Maybe they, 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 don't, they, they only have one <laughs> pant leg on their pants somehow. <laughs> they're... they're, they're, they're you know, look, they're a lovable bunch. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm not do. sure exactly what it is they do. Some of them might, yeah. <laughs> like an old lady, you know, with, a, with an attitude. They better not like mess that. with me. <laughs> yeah, okay. I hear you. That's funny. Yeah, I had, them, I had them a little more exalted than that. But now that I think about it, I do remember some of the photos in that article I read. And they didn't seem uh, intimidating. You know, it seemed like a, a retrofit kind, <laughs> of like a, yeah. kind of an outfit. I'm sure that uh, Sliwa is... Um, Frustrated by the by the current uh, crop that he's able to to you know because uh, I I remember like, it seems like in in the seventies or something like that you know he's dealing with the muscular you know kind of kind of I guess it was a, a different form of crime back then or something. So, look, I I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of it's hard to separate the legend and the reality when it comes to the guardian angels. Okay. Maybe they have like a really exalted past. Hey. <laughs> now about. <laughs> This case that you were saying. Yes. This, this a Long Island man sentenced to 60 years paid a Ukrainian woman to create custom-made kitty porn to his twisted specifications. Federal prosecutors in violent Brooklyn took 50-year-old Joseph Valerio from Smithtown uh, to trial. This and, fellow. Um, yes. I'm not even sure why we're, what's to say. I mean, he sounds like a total degenerate. Oh, yeah, I would say he is. Uh, it happened in Smithtown, which I, are you familiar with Smithtown at all? Where is it? Smithtown's in Long Island, and it's okay. uh, it's a Suffolk County uh, town, yes. which was you know, settled by the English. We discussed that on the last show. Uh, the distant land of Suffolk, uh, settled, by the way, uh, just a historical note, settled in 1665, named for Richard Smith. According to local legend, Smith rescued the daughter of a Native American chief after she had been kidnapped, when Smith returned the girl to the relieved father, the chief granted Smith some land. He told Smith that as his reward, he could have all the land he could encircle in one day on a bull. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I... Okay. Already, that offer alone, you know, you kind of go like, well, you would negotiate. Like, can I just have what I can encircle in like half an hour on a horse? Yeah, right. Or, or, or something. Or just by myself walking uh, half a before day. lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because, I mean, in a rodeo, it's eight seconds on a I ball. know. I don't think you'd get very far. You'd... You... Smithtown would be like one square foot. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's your land, white man. Well, he chose to ride the bull on the longest day of the year, day oh, of the summer smart. solstice. Yeah, so he'd have more time to encircle land. In fact, uh, the border between Smithtown and Huntington, partially designated by Bread and Cheese Hollow Road, after the place where Smith took a break from his encircling to have a lunch of bread and cheese, but uh -huh. afterwards felt somewhat hollow. Still, that's uh, not true. 
but he, but the bread and hollow part, the, oh, everything everything yes. except the punchline, uh, which uh, and punchlines in quotes. But he managed to carve out uh, apparently 111.4 square miles. What? And, yeah, called it Smithtown. This is according to legend. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe it's actually true. However, there is a large anatomically correct statue of the bull uh-huh. where he rode. It's commonly referred to as Whisper. Uh, we know anatomically correct. It, 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 you know, it means it's, it, it's only intended to mean correct in terms of body structure, faithful to the realities of biology. However, uh, it means what we think of. It. Yeah, the bull is hung like a bull. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's got. The, the, there's a gigantic penis bull uh, in Smithtown, and uh, I will show you a photo of that. Which bull. is better, that bull or the one on Broadway? Well, the, I would say the one with the dick, right? I mean, like what, the dickless bull of Broadway. Uh, well, the one there. on Broadway has huge balls, right? Oh, that's right. It does. Yeah, so it's somewhat anatomically correct. But, yeah, does it have, like, a penis? I don't think that it does. I don't think the bull has a penis. If it does, now, see, this is the one in Smithtown, uh, which uh, it, it's fairly tasteful, you know, for an anatomically correct bull. It, it, that's it, actually a really nice statue. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it's not. Uh, it's obviously old because it's got that that green look to yeah, it. Yeah, the guess, patina. But, but it's uh, patina. What is that? I don't know what that is. Patina. That's yeah. like what um, you know, when something ages. It oh gets right, this, right, right. Um, the green thing the, where it starts to is is that what it is? It turns like um like well, when bronze or something. Bronze or, yeah. or copper will will turn green. But patina can refer to any kind of um. I, I believe, like an aged sort of veneer of. I see. You know. Here's a little bit more of a focus on, uh, on uh, the bull. I mean, oh it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it certainly would hurt a, a human, but I don't know in bull terms like what an average bull penis is. Like, you know, has you don't have the largest penises of the duck uh, of the animal kingdom. Duck, I gave it away. Of the animal kingdom, the ducks have gigantic penises. Well, some do. But they don't all. Some of the because Muscovy ducks do. They have those long sort corkscrew. of corkscrew penises, but most most birds have virtually no penis. They most just have birds a, don't. They just have a cloaca. But the ducks. Those ducks have the craziest penises. And not just the Muscovy ducks, but I mean, like, ducks in general is what I was given to understand. Not not every single duck, perhaps. I'm sure that there's, like, ducks who don't measure up. Right. But um, ducks uh, in this evolutionary kind of, like, battle for... Uh, you know, dominance between the men and the women. Mm-hmm. The, the female ducks have these uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, v- vaginal, uh, vag- vagina dentata or whatever, you know, and they'll clamp down so that, he, that they can't get pregnant. Okay. But, uh, like, the, you, they, they still get raped because duck rape is very common. Yes. It's it's practically uh, unenforced. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, like, not considered rape, I guess. They're, they're still living in the 50s uh, or in the, in the or in, in the, Afghanistan. Or, or in, like... Um... <laughs> At like Monticello, right? <laughs> the world of Thomas Jefferson, where I own you, bitch, and uh, you can do whatever you want. Well, this guy uh, here now, I, like I said, eight seconds. You know, the guy's lucky to to have have made such a great town. I think that if I was given that offer, I might have said, "Hey, you know, I saved your daughter. Instead of land, how about just you know." Let me see what's under that turquoise chastity belt there. Uh-huh. She's kidnapped. It's not like she hadn't already been raped multiple times. I'll be she, gentle. Had she had been kidnapped by a different tribe? Well, you know, since it's according to legend, there's a lot that's not filled in. Right. But uh, it could have been Smith himself who kidnapped her and held uh, her for ransom, as far as I know. Or know. the bull. Or the, <laughs> or, the, or the Wall Street bull, perhaps. 
like the Wall Street bull down, uh, and if we can refer to it quickly, as you've seen all the, this was the original design. Now, they have the little girl opposing the bull now. Yes. Uh, and she's called uh, Defiant Girl or something. Fear, fearless Girl. Fearless Girl, yeah. And, and she's uh, got her hands on her hips, you know, and she looks like uh, she's not getting exactly what she wants immediately. Yeah. She uh, looks like a real pain in the ass. Yes. <laughs> that was the original design was a cow. To uh, to to represent and and the cow's just sort of rolling its eyes sardonically at the at the bull's majesty. Yes, uh, and the cow has like um, has a bow in her hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's what's the point of that to de- to. It's interesting. She has a bow and horns. Oh, she has. Well, yeah, cows have those really small kind of like. Okay. You know. But it seems like you don't need the bow because you. She has like her 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 udders. I think it's just to make sure that you understand this represents femininity and femaleness, you know, uh, in uh, as as it's understood by I'm not sure which uh, is stupider, Citibank or whatever, or, or what's the bank that financed um, that whole thing with the defi- the fearless girl? Yeah, I don't remember some one of some major Goldman bank. Sachs maybe Wells Fargo, right. I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I I like the idea that people should put other statues down there too. Well, the, you know, we had the, the urinating dog. The urinating dog. Uh, peeing on the girl. I thought that was great. Uh, why not represent every bullshit interest group that, that wants to oppose uh, good times on Wall Street, really? A bull market, uh, you know, is, is a good thing. And so you, you, when you juxtapose a, uh, the fearless girl in the face of the bull, what exactly are you saying? I mean, the bull doesn't represent men. No, it, it or it doesn't represent uh, the patriarchy. It represents success. Also, what's the what is this telling? This is saying, little girl, if you ever encounter a bull prepared to charge <laughs> you, just stand right in front of it. That's right. You wear your wed your red dress, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You just. You that bull can't hurt you because right. you have right on your side. Yes, it's uh yeah. Obviously, in the natural world, it would be uh, the wrong sort of a lesson to teach. No, yes, exactly. And it's, uh, it's definitely a um, there's and, definitely a metaphor. And since it re- it represents success, right? And it represents uh, now women are successful on Wall Street just as men are, I'm sure, and maybe not to as large of a degree, but they they certainly do share in that success. It's a terrible she should message. Be, she just... should be behind that bowl licking its enormous balls. <laughs> right? I think that that would be the most appropriate <laughs> position. Exactly. Yeah, we want that money, of course. Well, now, this guy here, that takes us back to the story that we have at hand, although I don't know if that particular thing was enacted. Uh, federal Judge Joseph Bianco sentenced Valerio to 60 years in prison, effectively putting him away forever. Uh, as a 50-year-old, he will never see the light of day again. Authorities say Valerio's producer was a woman in Ukraine named Olena Kalachenko. Those names, uh, by the way, it always seems like if if you want to identify a Ukrainian name, it ends with Ana, and uh, the first name, and uh, well, the first name will be Olena or something like that, and it ends with Chenko. Enko, yes, Enko, I yes. noticed that. Uh, uh, and she made and sent him more than thirty videos where a two-year-old girl was abused. Now, even Good by Lord. child porn standards, that's an incredible body of work. I mean, just by the numbers, thirty movies in a year. I mean, in 1970, Burt Reynolds starred in four movies. And he played lead in a detective series, Dan August. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I never saw that. I never saw it or heard or heard of it prior to research for this. But uh, and he also did an episode of Love American Style, which uh, wasn't that a, wasn't that a nice little series? 
It was okay. I, 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 I can remember the song and the opening credits like vividly. Fireworks, yes. And, yeah. uh, I remember enjoying that more than I enjoyed the show itself because I was a kid. I didn't know what the the hell show was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I associate it with good times in my life, you know, with uh, summer vacation and stuff like that for some reason. I associate it with um, pretending to be sick. And staying home yes. and watching Hogan's Heroes and Love uh, American Style and whatever other garbage there was. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's game shows for me, the staying home sick part. But investigators searched his home, Valerio's, and uh, and thirty move thirty videos is a lot, you know, and it's it's a tragedy. And we've never heard of this actor, by the way. But uh, they uh, at two at two. I mean, I don't even I never understand what what happens with a two year old. How that could be interesting to anybody. Uh, it obviously is. To him. To him. To, I mean, people. some people have that bent. Investigators searched his home. They found four, they found, uh, not four, but they found hidden cameras, computers, and a stage. Nothing illegal about in that. In his home. In his home. He had that as well. Yes, where his wife sleeps, where his children play with their toys. Does, is he married? Uh, no, I, I, I was just quoting oh, Godfather, right. too. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, the question, what happened to the woman in Ukraine? Was she... She was. Uh, she pleaded guilty to various child pornography charges. Over there or here? In Long Island Federal Court. Oh. Currently awaiting sentencing. You know what? She faces up to 15 years in prison. She must have cooperated in a way that no one has ever cooperated before. I would say. I she, mean, she was basically like pimping, literally like. She was directly uh, affecting a two-year-old to be raped. Yes. And and shooting it and sending it to this guy. She was more directly involved than he was. Um, I mean, uh, presumably he directed it in the sense so of. So would like, he have been the executive producer or just the producer? <laughs> see, I don't know how the credits break down. <laughs> uh, maybe he had a lot of points in it, you know. Oh, or okay. She, maybe, I see. maybe she had points. I don't know exactly how this. <laughs> Uh, I was wondering that too. She'd be the, uh, I guess the, uh, the 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 DP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, if not the co-star, uh, what was going on? See, I don't know if she actually was hands-on here. Right. But uh, something was happening to that kid, and they're not, and rightfully not incredibly specific about it. Uh, um, what that's a really horrible story. There, there's been a lot of child pornography stories in the news lately. Yes. I, I, there have, and there's, there's one uh, that uh, happened in the Hamptons here. Uh, this is uh, a prominent Hamptons architect who was busted for kitty porn. He's been rearrested now, so he's been busted for it in the past. Uh, and he got a, I, what, what would seem to be for child porn, a pretty light sentence. And I think that might be indicative of of what he was doing previously. He, uh, I, I don't know exactly what he was doing, but uh, I know what he's doing now. It seems to be, uh, I don't know, a form of child porn that uh, is is not normally what we're talking about. This is not just images of chi of children having sex. Uh, what he's doing now, uh, it, what he was busted for, and I'll, I will come to that momentarily. But it's it's a little different. His name's Jay Lockett Sears. He's an older guy uh, in the Hamptons. He's a I guess what you would call a celebrity architect. He's designed homes for Michael J. Fox, Susan oh. Lucci, Bob Fosse. And he allegedly made images in which he placed the heads of kids who he secretly photographed at elite yacht and beach clubs on photos of naked bodies of adults engage, engaging in lewd acts. Uh, and that's according to the Eastern District New York, uh, New York U.S. Attorney's Office. That's the allegation. So he was making um, collages. Yes, 
he was doing cut and paste <laughs> with uh, heads uh, of, of uh, you know children who, and I think that the key here might be secretly photograph them uh, at uh, you know uh, yacht and beach clubs. These are kids who have uh, power. Their their parents are, uh-huh. are rich, and so that that might have something to do with. I get it. Yeah, uh, but I still don't. I'm not quite clear as to what the crime is. Well, you know uh, what he's being charged with, and now see, he was on probation as well. So since he was on probation from this previously, that also might. Uh, well, we don't know he would what he was on probation for. Well, for. Same thing for it, it, well, busted for kitty porn is when well, he was busted in kitty porn in 2004, kitty porn in 2013. However, that doesn't mean that that's what he was on probation for. He could have been arrested for that and nothing, it went and it went nowhere. Sure. And he was and, and he's on probation for something else. I don't know. Uh, it, actually, okay, here we here we have it says he copped to the original crime. He's an East Quogue man, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he didn't get any jail time and was instead sentenced to six months of house arrest and five years of supervised release, which is, I mean, uh, if you, if it was any kind of regular child born, I would think that that would be unheard of light, you know, even yeah. for even for a celebrity architect. And right. He's Quogue. He's 78. And uh, he also had a cameo role in the film Gidget, by the way, which makes him. The original Gidget. <laughs> and the original Gidget. That's great. The original Gidget. This isn't some bullshit Gidget, uh, you know, redo from, from the uh, mid-90s. Jay Lockett Sears. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not sure. They, uh, when he, um, I'm, the I way would, they discovered would... this, the, the probation officer visited his home. They saw several bags of photos of young girls uh, pasted onto photos of nude adult bodies with sexually explicit captions written over them. And the and and the girls' faces were cut out of a local children's newspaper in this case called the Waldo Tribune. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'd be interested to see what happens in his trial for this. Yeah, because it it um not that not I mean it, it definitely is is pretty unsavory. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's. <laughs> Not but something I you would be pleased to find out about somebody no, that you know or anything. But I would not put him in the same category as as the previous um, subject. He sounds to me like he's doing his best to cope with his uh, kind pre- of predilections, you know. It's like you know, I I I can't get this off my mind. But I don't want to break imagine, the law. Like okay, a picture of a naked woman, like typical sort of porno picture, mm-hmm. and then you've pasted the picture of a child's face. Yeah, on her face, it would look so stupid. <laughs> I mean, hey, I can blend pretty good, but uh, yeah, it would look uh, uh, odd. Oh, you think this was done digitally? Well, that sounds the thing. like it I'm sounds so, like if it... I was doing it, I would do it digitally. Okay, but I, which I would never, of course. Uh, but yeah, you know, I yeah, it sounds to me like he's he obviously cut it out of the Waldo Tribune. So I, it, it sounds although like... they're not specifically saying digitally. But that would that really calls an it calls into question a lot of things that uh, Jesus you know I mean when you think about it I, also think about what 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 the, the 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 graphic quality of the Waldo Tribune must be like <laughs> like eighty DPI like like the, like real grayscale like the the, the yeah. picture the images are probably terrible I would think so like really blurry and and if they had captions written over them maybe these were comedic captions. Which you would think might also sort of like lend to the idea that like this is not something I'm masturbating to. 
I have a hard time believing that this guy created these images and jerked off to them. It sounds like that's what he was probably doing, but, but maybe if he, not. If he, he, it's certainly not something he could have sold. No. You know? I and mean, who's it, harmed? I don't really... Um, it is the definition of a victimless crime. This one actually is. Yeah, it is. It's just like <laughs> setting up a bunch of magazines. <laughs> right, I, I do say that a lot when it isn't. But in this case, it really is. Yeah. Uh, it sounds to me like they got it in for him, you know? They they, they have had enough of this guy. And, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I will know. say, when you're on probation, you have very limited rights. And I thought that was interesting, yeah. It, you, as we talked before, you have limited rights. It says they... A probation officer visiting his home saw several bags full of photos of young girls' uh, faces pasted on them. Because when, when I saw saw, he just saw them. I thought maybe the probation officer comes over and, and this guy's just got these bags of this shit sitting around. And uh, But you, as you explained, they have the right to toss the whole home if he's on probation. If you're on probation, it's basically you basically have the rights of a prisoner. You're... You don't have, like, full civil rights. That means the guy could just, like, walk into your home. Yes. Uh, he could rattle your, your windows with a uh, with a nightstick and uh, say, get up mm-hmm. and, and toss your whole cell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, your whole home. Absolutely. Whenever they want. Yeah. And, and as often as they want. And as often as they want. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, that's uh, that's a difficult situation to be in. I know probation, like, when you say, and, and this many years of probation, Normally, you hear that and go, okay, well, they're not in a cage, so whatever that is, they have to report or something, but it's it's just it's a serious part of the crime. It's like, it really matters. Hard not to violate, too. I think generally probation officers, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're a sex offender and you're like a child sex offender, um, they'll, they'll, they'll keep a close eye on you. As they should. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and regardless of whether or not it's the... Um, you know, the crime to end all sex crimes or whatever. Uh, well, like, I, as I was saying before, like, I knew a guy who had been to prison for child sex offenses, which, you know, honestly, he didn't commit. And he, he got out on parole on parole, and was um, living on Fifth Avenue around 15th Street um, because his brother had an apartment there that he could use. Oh, I see. Okay. And his probation officers were just livid and they would come over there all they it just drove them crazy that he was living in this neighborhood yeah um, really yeah although then, wasn't it commonly sort of known that that he was innocent of this well they didn't really know not necessarily okay. i mean it didn't matter to them it, so right w- eventually he moved and got in a, like a really shitty apartment up in east harlem and then they just left him alone they didn't really care anymore. I uh, know yeah, that illustrates the point. Yeah, that if you're uh, if you're in the Hamptons, uh, keep your uh, keep it all a big secret for sure. Yes. Be careful how you handle yourself. Uh, well, okay, we have so many stories to discuss, uh, including this one. It's a time when it's getting to be very difficult to be a cop. The social climate has infected the judicial system to the degree that it's uh, even just doing your job has become dangerous. Last week we saw the indictment of Hugh Barry. Uh, Sergeant uh, Barry was attacked by a paranoid schizophrenic woman who went berserk and swung a baseball bat at his head. And after uh, she'd already already threatened uh, officers who had responded to a, a call that was made about a disturbance there with a pair of scissors. So uh, Sergeant Barry defending himself and his fellow officers, he shot Deborah Danner twice. Mayor de Blasio and uh, NYPD Commissioner James O'Neill quickly threw Barry to the wolves. 
publicly criticizing the action that he took. And now Bronx DA Darcel Clark has uh, indicated, uh, I almost said indicated, but uh, Bronx DA Darcel Clark has indicted Barry for murder. She's a weird-looking lady, too. Yeah, Darcel Clark is, um, she's, she's pretty, um, I, I, I wouldn't put her up there in, like, the, as, like, the legendary prosecutors of our time. She's no Thomas Dewey or... Um, I'm not super impressed by Darcel Clark, and she has an election this year. So okay, this is, I think, what is driving the prosecution of uh, Sergeant Barry. Um, look, Deborah Danner, the woman he tried... This was a very unfortunate case. This woman um, should have been... This is this woman is a pro, was a prime candidate for um, what they call assisted outpatient treatment, which uh, is commonly known as Kendra's law in New York, whereby people who are not keeping up with their 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 meds can be mandated by a court to do to to stay compliant with their treatment. At, with the threat of possible, um, you know, being institutionalized or whatever, it, that rarely it, it rarely comes to that. People uh, under Kendra's law adjudication tend to become compliant. Um, this woman, it's it's a big success story of of the yes, law, right? This woman could have really. The problem is, is that the police have become the. Uh, the first responders for these, like the first responders of last resort, essentially for the mentally ill, it you know it's 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 an inappropriate use of the police. Um, they're they've been it's they I mean what I've heard is that they are trained not to use their tasers in life threatening situations. So it sounds as though he I mean it's a horrible incident, obviously, but it sounds as though he responded. As he was supposed to. Yeah, and, um, and 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 you know what? You're not you're in, you're in good company with that assessment. Sergeant Barry's union, the SBA, has insisted that his actions were necessary and consistent with NYPD guidelines for justifiable force. And uh, furthermore, now the comments of the mayor and uh, Commissioner O'Neill could possibly lead uh, to the trial being moved out of the city to avoid a tainted jury pool. I it, it, I I hope it, I hope it is. Me and too. you know you know what they say about the Bronx jury. I mean, this is like a classic. Um, a classic uh, thing that, you know, um, you know, it depends if you're the plaintiff or the defendant. Difficult, yeah, difficult to get it. Uh, it's difficult to get a conviction against certain defendants and uh, certainly certainly possible to get a judgment against a cop. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, so hopefully it will be moved out of the city. I think that makes sense. I think it makes sense as well. Now, a piece in the New York Post by Matthew McDermott. Do you know Matthew McDermott? No, I don't. Uh, the, the murder charge, uh, he's uh, quoting the piece uh, in the New York Post by Matthew McDermott. The, the murder charge carries a life sentence but requires proving a decided level of intent or of such reckless disregard for human life as to render it criminal. And that's why no uh, NYPD officer has faced the charge in two decades I guess that goes back to uh, Mamadou Diallo or something. Amadou Diallo, Amadou. yes. Yes, it's an interesting thing uh, because at, in the Amadou Diallo case where um, four police shot this guy in the Bronx who um, he was pulling out. It turned out he was pulling out his wallet. They thought he was pulling out his gun. But gun. Isn't this, guy, this isn't the guy who tried to run over the cops? That was no, no, no. Different no. That story. was Sean Bell. Sean Bell, right. Amadou right. Diallo was an innocent guy. Yeah. And uh, no, it was a 
terrible thing that happened. He misunderstood However, their instruction to, for hands up and, yes, and, and, and he, reach for his ID. Yes. Okay. Um, and basically what it turned out, uh, and we actually, City Journal had a nice article about this last week by Bob McManus, who used to work for the Post, that, yes, it was intentional, but that doesn't mean it was illegal. Right. They meant to shoot him because they thought he was pulling his gun, um, and they were acquitted. It turned so, and this case will very much this this Hugh Barry case uh, w- does resemble the Amadou Diallo case. Well, yeah, except that he was also empowered with the same right that anybody would have to defend themselves in a situation where somebody is threatening them with potentially deadly force. Uh, even so, I think that it's even. More clear cut. It's exactly more clear cut. It's a it's a huge stretch to charge him for second degree murder, uh, and and then the uh, even the lower, um, you know, the lesser charges are they're not likely to uh, to come through either. I, I don't think they're going to get a guilty verdict on that. His pay has been now suspended. He will go through the meat grinder of a lengthy legal process. SBA has established a GoFundMe for Sergeant Perry. If you'd like to contribute to that. It is GoFundMe.com slash Sergeant Hugh Barry, and that is spelled S-G-T dash H-U-G-H dash B-A-R-R-Y. GoFundMe.com slash Sergeant Hugh Barry, S-G-T dash H-U-G-H dash B-A-R-R-Y, and he's going to need it. He's actually going to need it because, you know, he has a, a legal case to fight now. He has no income. He has a wife, and he's innocent of, of, of second-degree murder. Obviously, it's just a, it's an outlet. He'll be stained by the murder indictment now. He's going to probably suffer a similar fate to that of Officer Richard Haste, who eventually resigned uh, after being brought up on departmental charges. He was originally indicted for criminal manslaughter in the shooting of Marley Graham, and the charges were dropped due to an errant instruction by the judge. Now, it, it says, uh, when you read about this in most sources, mm-hmm. that the first indictment, uh, the charges were dropped, Due to a, uh, uh, what, how do they put it, a uh, procedural mistake. Well, the procedural mistake was that the judge instructed the jury or wouldn't allow into evidence one or the other, either it, it instructed them to ignore it or would not allow it into evidence, the fact that, that he had been told by a cop uh, over the radio that, the, that he was armed, or Marley Graham had a ah, gun. Okay. He was, and, and when you're told that by whoever does the surveillance, they have a gun. He told them, he, he, he you know, uh, Hayes was told in this, you know, investigation, or yeah. as they were like monitoring what was going on by the surveillance cop or whatever, that he had a gun. Told by the, and when a cop does that, what that means is he has a gun. Right. It's as if you've seen it yourself. Okay. Uh, you know, they, they work as a unit and you trust that information. This is not something that you go, well, maybe he does what he does. No, he has a gun. In his mind, this is an armed uh, suspect. And uh, that was that's the procedural error. The proce- uh-huh. yeah, yeah, okay. And, and yes. to me, that's a little bit more important than that. I think that that's uh, definitely an, uh, because, as is uh, demonstrated, the second grand jury then refused to indict, given that information. Uh-huh. And that's what the judge had tried to keep out of their deliberations. Federal prosecutors also declined to bring charges, but uh, they they keep going, you know, because they have they to do. do something. He was brought up on departmental charges for, for demonstrating, quote, poor judgment. He actually did it by the book. Right. 
the the Graham shooting was good. I mean, it wasn't a, it's it, nothing's good, but it right. was justified. And now an administrative judge uh, uh, then said that he should be fired. That was her recommendation. Commissioner O'Neill said he agreed, mm. and so Hayes very smartly resigned before he could be fired. And uh, but he doesn't get the good guy letter. He doesn't get to uh, ever have a, a gun. You know, he, he's never able to carry a gun, and uh, uh, he. Uh, yeah, he, he does, nor his pension either. That's also erased. Really? Yeah, even though, you know, I mean, like I said, he was, uh, the indictment wasn't the thing that came uh, through. Well, you know what, that, came that, that was another political, um, politically motivated because yes, uh, the, you know. The family were, wanted blood. The family wanted blood. There were politicians who were howling for an indictment of this guy yes. and for his um, him to get fired and... You know, know nothing, people really, because they they don't really know what uh, what transpired, or they don't care, and they're just trying to make points. But the, do you think that that Mrs. Graham, uh, Graham's mother, rather, uh, Constance Malcolm, uh, she was obviously very happy with this result, all right, because he's not in the police department anymore. No, not at all. She's not even satisfied. She's not letting go of, of her victim card that easily. Right. Uh, is she suing him? On, is there a civil suit? I don't, I'm sure there Maybe there will be. It, it, not yet that, that I know of. But she says, where's my son's justice? She was outraged that he quit instead of being fired. It outraged her that he would do that. She said, I am here to say Ramarley's life mattered. Uh, no one's ever said that his life didn't matter. Right. Uh, but uh, she feels that uh, that needed to be pointed out. She said the outcome did nothing to restore her trust in the system. Five years later, again, I'm standing here with a slap in the face. Same disrespect over and over for five okay, years. Well. Whole thing should have never come up as a charge. She says uh, this was a perfect case to show us that our young men and women matter. Sure. Yeah, and uh, she said they might have found him guilty. Uh, but not in my favor. As I was, okay, this is a, she blasted the NYPD in the mayor's office for allowing Hayes to resign. Quote, allowing him to yeah, resign. I don't, I don't know how you would um... prevent it, really. Uh, and, and for not being told of the decision first. She wanted, She's mad because she wasn't told of the decision first. Uh, the family was notified as the news became public, as how people find out information. Right. It's, I don't think this is exactly uh, like it, it being the, the mother of, uh, uh, you know, someone who was shot in the commission of a crime. Right. Makes you, uh, puts sure. you on the short list <laughs> yes, of people yes. who find shit out earlier. Right. And she said that when she, when she was asked, uh, okay, so she said they might have found him guilty, but not in my favor. It ended today, Richard Haste, walking scot-free. I don't know what that means. Like, I, they, they, when they found him uh, guilty of the departmental charge, she's not happy with it. Nothing he could say is going to take that pain away. Take the pain away from me. Uh, I'd be happy to. And, and this is a, a quote from Hayes, who said, "I would be happy to avail myself to them personally." Speaking of her family, if they have any questions or issues, I'd be happy to address that one on one. He genuinely wanted to speak to the family uh, with some words or something, and no. Uh, she uh, was not going to do that because that would humanize him a little bit, I guess. You know what? Don't run away from the police. How about that? Don't run away from the police. And when they tell you hands up, don't swear at them and put your hands in your waistband. Yes. Which is what happened. Uh, especially, when, you know, since Haste was told he had a gun, then uh, that was the, the move to make. You get shot 10 times out of 10 in that situation. Yeah. I would hope. 
That's by the book. I'm with you. If you could be funny and and be uh, on that end of it, you know, like I, I don't think Bill Maher is particularly funny, but I think that he manages to to carry it off. You know what I mean? Like he he, he understands what punchlines are for the most part. Sometimes he, he just has like a smug sort of a uh, what what do you call it? Like a, a resolving line. It's more of a resolving line than a punchline. Okay, right. D- designed for you know an applause break, and I, I always that I don't like that, but. Um, but, well, but I do respect what he does to a certain... I mean, like, you know, he's managed to survive. Uh, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> he really skated by on this whole N-word thing. It seems like he's going to... I mean, like, oh, not that, that anything should have happened, but yeah, it was crazy, I thought. I mean, given what happens to people for much less... Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're on the wrong side of it. Yeah. He has a, a lot of built-in forgiveness. You know, they act they act outraged momentarily. Right. And the, but then they're like... Uh, yeah. Well, I think because he has this long history of, like, having sex with black women, mm-hmm. for some reason that gives him a pass. I don't. That, to me, it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that doesn't seem quite right, but you know. Well, it, I, you wouldn't think so. Uh, I, th- those are cases where lust overcomes uh, racism, <laughs> or, or, I or we call it racism, or uh, at racial attitudes. What I mean, it worked for Thomas Jefferson too. That's true. That's true. He he never lost his show, and uh, <laughs> he didn't have to uh, give up his slaves either. No, he um, he kept it all. He kept yep. he kept everything. I, I think it does undercut your whole argument that it that it diminishes your racism to have sex with a black woman if the woman is indeed someone you own. Um, if she's your property. I mean, we don't know if she was even into it. Truly, <laughs> I mean, even, whether you want to fuck the guy or not, if he's the master, then uh, you got to be thinking, you know, career, um, lifestyle yeah, sure, changes. You know, sure, sure. But at the same time, um, yeah, I guess I guess it's hard to get it to get out of that one. Yeah, There's something kind of indefensible. <laughs> about it. I mean, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, you mean yeah, yeah, owning owning. But a you know what? I mean, maybe this isn't very PC. Not, not that he couldn't have sex with any white woman he wanted. He was the fucking president, right? So he probably... That's true. Yeah, you know, he, um, he clearly made a choice. But here's an interesting question. Okay, so before, like in the slavery days, there was all of this um, white-on-black rape, right? There was? Well, presumably all these um, oh, slave yeah, right. masters raping their, their slaves. Brown sugar and all that. But since the Civil War, there's been none. I mean, <laughs> not none, but like today, there's, there's. I mean, you've probably seen the statistics. There's virtually, yeah, there's virtually no white on black rape. Isn't that strange? I wonder why that is. Probably well, because we're physically weaker than them. <laughs> I think that definitely plays into it. Well, so what happened? Is it that? Whoa! Just talk to Jimmy the Greek. Yeah, right. <laughs> He'll tell you what happened. Do you mean to make them stronger, well, or just to it's make a rape it of convenience? Like, yeah, I mean, how much? I mean, I guess you know, technically, it was probably like a. It was rape in the modern sense of the word, but back. I mean, how much? How much force was probably involved? Don't you think if like your option was either sleeping on a dirt floor in a shack? Yeah. Or you can bang the master and get to like have some feel that plush carpet under your feet a little bit. I mean, it probably no. Was... Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. When I said that uh, she did it for career, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. yeah, she can she can graduate to uh, Bill Maher's position in the house, 
uh, or she can sweat it out with everybody else while uh, while her cousin goes up and and has all the fun. Yeah, I I think that uh, you know I I could see where I, I it is rape in in the modern sense uh, because uh, of the coercive factor, uh, the the built-in coercive factor. Right. There was probably a lot of competition for that role. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he was rich, so he had a ton. He could do a lineup. He could have a different one every night. It's probably not a good idea because you got to, like, teach him to not, you know, bring, you bring, or bring him inside the White House or Monticello or wherever it was at the time. You don't want anyone shitting on the floor or whatever, you know. Sure, sure. <laughs> you have to go through a whole training process, you know. Use a coaster. Right, right. Uh, you know, so I could see the appeal of having the same. Wipe your feet. Wipe, yeah, just, just wipe them, you know. Uh, he, I, although I, I, I would assume a man of his wealth would just take, you know, hose her down and get her ready, you know. Uh, like, he probably had people for that. Um, could be. Could be. You know, here's an interesting, um, I, I'm going to write a piece, I'm writing a piece about this for the next issue of City Journal. But um, I'll give you a uh, heads up on it. Um, yeah, preview. President Obama has done something that is unprecedented in American history. Every president has made a point of leaving the seat of government after the presidency is over. Like, presidents always leave Washington. And it's a ceremonial thing. Like, the last four or five presidents, as far as I can remember, when on inauguration day, the new president would sort of, you know, say, okay, yes, you can use Air Force One this one last time to go back to wherever you're from. And they always did it. It's kind of like, you know, part of the transition of power. Um, Obama has broken with that tradition by not leaving Washington, D.C., like the seat of the government, but staying there. And this may not seem like a very big deal, but we don't have like a parliamentary system where, oh, you're the prime minister one day, the next day you're just another member of parliament. Yeah. No, you, you're, you're done. You go right your... You're done. Uh, you you're, go, you're supposed to go back to your farm. Like, that's the old model. That's what George Washington did. When he was done, he left... Philadelphia or New York or wherever it was, went back to um, his farm. Uh, what's it called again? Washington Farm. In uh, Virginia. But, well, And he went back there. He, you know, started writing his accounts and figuring out, like, what happened to all the tobacco. They all did this. The only other president <laughs> who did not leave Washington, D.C. was Woodrow Wilson, and he was an invalid. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't even, uh, he, he, the lights were on, but nobody was home yeah. for the last uh, however long, right? Yes, His wife yes. was running things. So, I mean, I know this is probably off the topic of like... Not at all. Woodrow Wilson is uh, also the, uh, he, he was a big architect of what would become the UN. That's right. And League uh, of Nations and... League of Nations. And um, Prohibition and uh, the... Um, a lot of the bad things in American history, uh, Federal Reserve, yeah. the federal income tax. Yeah, a huge racist. Direct election of senators, election of wi- uh, the women's vote. Wow. Jesus. Now that, now, you know, now, now I'm squarely against this guy. But the thing is, Obama has essentially set himself up as a, sh- a shadow president. Uh, 
He's funding the resistance. He's, you know, he's declared himself part of this resistance movement against the sitting president. Which is outlandish. Has he done that? I didn't know that he declared himself part yes. of the resistance. Yes, like, Calling it resistance is, is really elevating what it is. Don't um, you think? I would say so, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's criminal activity at times, and it's, it's just utter uh, dishonesty and, and smoke and mirrors at other times. Yes. So, but the, all the, the investigation that, that continues and, and, and is uh, really, really uh, limiting the ability of Trump to uh, get anything done. And, and, and really, you know, Obama had a lot to do with the why this whole thing came up to begin with. He laid a trap for Trump. Exactly. Uh, in uh, throwing out those uh, Russian diplomats and uh, having prior to doing that, sharing all the information from the top down with every intelligence agency there is, uh, expanding the, uh, you know, the the unmasked names or whatever to mm-hmm. uh, to so many people that it would be impossible for it not to leak right and then you know once that's all in place uh, he throws out the diplomats and makes damn sure that they have a reason to speak to russia right um and as we found out yesterday with comey's testimony um obama's attorney general loretta lynch was essentially mouthing campaign plat turning Hillary Clinton campaign platitudes into official DOJ policy. She told Comey, don't refer to the Clinton investigation as an investigation, call it a matter. <laughs> which he which immediately he, did. Yeah, which he did. Yeah. Seemingly like yeah, I thought it was weird, but uh, what but you did it. Well yeah, I just went along with it. Sure. Yeah, it, it seems very strange. That, that he would have this degree of uh, compliance for, for an instruction like that when he is so independent-minded, uh, supposedly. Right, right. And, and you know what's interesting about, uh, about that thing is the way he justified not getting an independent prosecutor for the, that matter. Right. You know, and that would take months. That could take, that could take right. years. Right. Sure, well, sure. Okay, so what? You're not going to enforce the law based on the fact that well, he's basically saying, I didn't want to fuck the election up. Right. I didn't want to ruin Hillary's chances to, to make it into office. Right. And that to me is uh and and he what that was the follow up question that wasn't asked or follow up statement that wasn't mm-hmm. made, you know. Like, well so what if it takes years? Uh yeah, I mean the Department of Justice they, it seems like they're more than willing to you know, they'll go after somebody for five, ten years and just yeah. you know, it doesn't bother them. Yeah, they've got all the time in the world. All the time and all the like money. The, the longer, the better, you know, because uh, we're out to ruin lives here. <laughs> they have that. They they would threaten with the lengthy investigation. You know, um, you know, I was on a federal jury um, a couple years ago. Okay, a federal jury. A federal criminal jury. Yeah. Okay. Now, is that different from you, you, when you specifically say federal, like a federal case? You it mean, was a like, federal case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. Um, it was. It was this guy, this, like, Dominican guy who was part of a drug ring up in Upper Manhattan where I used to live, um, like, selling pot. It was all pot. Okay. And, you know, we're sitting there listening to the testimony for, like, a week. And I'm like, what the hell is, why is this a federal case? Yeah. Uh, this guy, he'd been arrested like 15 or 20 times for selling like small amounts of weed. He beat somebody up. 
he was definitely a low-level member of like a very of a bigger drug organization. The Dominicans. The Dominicans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they would bring in ton- lots of, you know, marijuana. And then, so I'm sitting there thinking, this is crazy. They haven't proved that this guy did, you know, really did any. I, I don't know what we're doing here. And then when the judge gave his instructions, when we were ready to go do our deliberations, it all became abundantly and eminently clear to everyone on the jury, oh, yeah, this guy's going away. Because the way federal law is written, like RICO, Mm -hmm. conspiracy law, if you've done two or three, I think it's two things or two illegal things that are part of a larger criminal enterprise, bye-bye. I mean, they can get the, the federal government, federal law is written it's it's a little broad i'll put it that way yes so this guy wound up getting 20 to life for weed well i mean we're talking about like pounds and pounds of you know tons of weed millions of dollars people getting murdered and working for a criminal organization working for a large criminal but he didn't directly have anything to do with anybody's murder well i think he did actually go along on a murder one time okay um but well, but, this is but one... a lot of times that won't. If you weren't involved in a large criminal enterprise, that that might not carry such a stiff sentence. That that's actually a good point. Um, well, it's interesting. That's why when people say that, oh, well, such, such and so and so was convicted of a drug offense, the idea that drug offenses are nonviolent, therefore we shouldn't be prosecuting them. Yeah, ignores the fact that even if you're like a low level drug dealer. It is, I mean, look, I'm not saying that drugs should, whether or not drugs are legal or illegal, or whether they should be or not, mm-hmm. um, being part of this organization is in, has an inherently, like, there's an inherently a violent side to it. Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm not that sympathetic to the argument that, uh, all, that all the people in prison just for drug crimes are... Um, basically like political prisoners mm. you know like this whole uh new jim crow type of um oh sure oh i see what you mean yeah it's not necessarily that way not everybody who's there is uh, somebody who well look i just uh, had a hard time not doing coke and uh, i got arrested for coke three times and then i went away for life for, very know. few people in prison are just um there's very few people who are just users consumers who are in in prison yeah it's, it's just it's a myth yeah okay yeah I, I don't think that uh i really don't think that the federal government or any government has any uh agenda to lock a, any racial agenda at all right and i guess that's the idea when they say the new jim crow it's like even if that's not on everybody's minds it's an institutional thing built into the system based on the way these laws are are written and enforced that they, they they were written for the mafia was the idea right. and, and applied to this, uh, you know, which is doing a drug business. Uh, you call it a mafia or not, but it's the same type of uh, business. I mean, I, I've talked to Jim Polk, uh, uh, he's a defense attorney who comes on the show sometimes and says that they could arrest a secretary who mailed an envelope that contained a payment for something illegal uh, just based on the fact that she on that action, you know, when you say it's a little right. broad, it's <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> supremely broad. Sure, 
It's sure. designed so they have all the cards. They're like, look, this is a hard thing to fight. This is a large criminal enterprise and investigation. Uh, the, these things are, are, are international in scope uh, and billions of dollars, if not trillions, are, are floating around. And, and to fight something like that, we need to have all the legal cards that we can. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not really saying that, like, that's... I'm not saying that that's a, a good thing. I mean, I think that the federal government... I mean, basically... You know, I mean, if, look, basically, I guess we're going back to the question of like Comey saying, uh, "Oh, well, that would have taken too much time." Yeah, yeah, right. That's right, never right, right. really. That doesn't seem to be a major issue. And and you know what? I think that he really let his guard down there because I think that he kind of said that with the understanding that, like, well, we all know she there was an election coming up and she couldn't fuck with us. Right. Uh, or, well, or, even yeah. when he gave his statement back in um, August or July, whenever that was, when he said. Um, you know, we're not going to prosecute her, but basically what she did, if it were anyone else, she would be prosecuted for this. <laughs> I mean, he essentially admitted, oh, because there's an election. James Comey's a weird guy. I can't really uh, make heads or tails of him. Yeah, he is weird. Some people say he's just, com he's like a complete, he's completely absorbed in his own virtue mm -hmm. and like just being the most having the most integrity of anyone of all and just being the 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 the, the most righteous man he he yeah. does seem a little like that's the way I bl I live my life the same way yeah, so I, I mean, understand well, we, that we, look know. we all try <laughs> but he he does seem a little like over the top yeah yeah absorbed in his own virtue so he's like it, w then he's the quintessential uh, head of the FBI sure. type guy you know right. it's like i am the number 1 non-committer of crimes and uh, being a model citizen. He's 6'8". I know. Which is <laughs> terrifying. I know. That's... Can you imagine? Suppose someone said that, someone told me that he, he, he only likes to hire other people who are like six and a half feet tall. <laughs> he wants to dwarf, you know, people who are used to dwarfing others. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he, he, uh, he certainly has been a factor in everything that's happening now with Trump. I disagree with a lot of shit that he's done. I feel that he, yeah, starting with that Loretta, Loretta Lynch thing, for one, uh, and and probably many other things, uh, you know, you know, prior to that. But like, not uh, go ahead. And, I don't think that he had any legitimate reason not to clear Trump's name. You know, like if if he's if he's willing to tell Trump, look, you're not a, a subject of this investigation. You know, if he didn't intend to like hold that over his head in some way, then. He certainly would have uh, had no problem going public with something like that. Right. Yeah. And as he said, like, um, well, yes, the New York Times did get the story wrong, but we're not in the business of going out and saying, oh, you got that wrong. There's something kind of um, smug about, mm. about that attitude. Like, well, I, yes, I know that you didn't do anything, but it's not my job to go and tell everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, exactly. Yeah, he's like, he's like the best little boy. Right, I see what you mean. Yeah, always you know with some kind of deniability. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Any culpability? Well, uh, he's uh, what's gonna nothing was revealed in this, right? That was that was of any import. Uh, well, what in terms was revealed of... was that no, I think a lot was revealed that was of import. Um, one, it seems that there was no that the whole basis for this investigation that Russia somehow was colluding with the Trump campaign. None of that is true. Mm -hmm. 
um, it was revealed that the New York Times was basically publishing fake news. Oh, okay. See, yeah, this this is a, I I missed that. Well, because but he, I said nothing of import. What I mean is that nothing that's going to put that, that incriminates Trump. Oh in any no, way. no, no, no. Right. But on the other, but but going the other way, a lot came out that was of import. Yeah, because last February or no, this February, um, the New York Times reported that the FBI uh, believed that there had been numerous meetings between Trump's campaign and Russia and Russia and that they had been working together on the election. Okay. And, and where did they get this? Who knows? Just some 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 anonymous a, leaker. A source. A source. Probably yeah. one of Obama's like, you know, somebody that Obama's salted salted away. Right. Comey said no, that that didn't happen. Um, it turns out that Loretta Lynch was, you know, directed him to they refer to the investigation as a matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, basically, it seems like, I mean, those are the big three. Yeah, that there's no... That there was nothing going on that Trump, he that Trump, he did actually tell Trump on three occasions, you're not under investigation. And in fact, Trump wasn't under investigation. Mm -hmm. So in what sense was he obstructing justice? How could he possibly be obstructing justice if he was told there's no investigation? Um... You know, Alan Dershowitz, who I'm no great fan of, says he could have just pardoned Flynn. Remember, George Bush Sr. pardoned Casper Weinberger mm -hmm. and ended whatever investigation that could happen. That's his right. He can do that. Trump could have just pardoned Flynn. Trump could have pardoned Flynn. Instead said, of yeah. saying, drop the investigation. Yeah, drop, yeah. Now, and if you don't, he, I will. He could do that. Yeah. There's no, there, this is his constitutional right. The FBI. So why do you suppose, I, do you suppose he just is not used to being president and so he just didn't know? I kind of think that, yeah, I, th I, I think that to him saying, look, let's just, uh, can't we just work this out? Like, as a developer, that's probably, like, his, his idea. Like, let's just, like, work this out, two men. Well, he really just said he hoped the investigation would go away. Yeah. He didn't, uh, and, and obviously he didn't interpret that as a directive because he didn't. No, and he didn't go and tell anybody, oh, he didn't go and tell Sessions, his boss, I'm being instructed to dump the investigation. No, uh, no there, there, of course there, not. There, there's nothing here. It's it's it's. This is all a democratic talking point, and it all gets reported as if, you know, with a, and I tell you, they're brilliant at doing it, slanting it to make it sound as if, yeah, this is exactly what we thought. Uh, all this uh, Russia bullshit is indeed. Not bullshitted is justified, important, and it's all happening. What is the deal with Reality Winner, who leaked it to the Intercept from the NSA? She had high NSA clearance because she spoke a couple of languages or something. Although she looks and appears to be a dumbass, yeah, but she obviously isn't. Uh, her name is uh, Reality Winner. She's down in Augusta, Georgia, I think, uh, or was, and she's right. Uh, and uh, she. Uh, leaked some uh, NSA stuff about how there had been some kind of a hack and they hacked into uh, this company, the contracted company that does something with voting machines. I'm not exactly sure what. And it was only in seven states. It was only in seven very uncontested states. Oh, really? Yeah, like, New York, California. Oh, okay. A couple, you know, <laughs> it's totally yeah, that doesn't matter at all. None of that matters. And Look, the Democrats love to talk about Voter suppression. 
which they claim happens all the time mm-hmm. and is everywhere. Yes. And even exists when when there's no evidence for the only evidence for it is that their candidate lost. <laughs> right. That's, but that's they, they claim that, evidence, right? But at the same time they claim that voter fraud it's impossible. It ne- has never happened. No, 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 no. There's only been like three cases of it. But, and at the same time, we can't look for it. Now, the analysis that I read about this said that most likely what was going on, considering this was not something that could swing an election. They, right. It's not something that could swing a state. Right. Uh, and th- for President Trump to have like uh, actively uh, you know, worked with the Russians to change the election results would require i mean you know his campaign was not they didn't spend anything it was thrown together and not the most organized in the world right however uh hillary clinton man did she ever have a lot of money in her campaign sure and a lot of you know uh tools in place yeah she could have she could have potentially engineered the kind of you know i guess a program or, or situation a scenario where it could happen where she could you know, they could do it. Um, but it would require this, like, high-level kind of, you know, connections and stuff like that. So what this person believes, and I think it makes logical sense, was that this was the Russians not trying to change the results of the election, but trying to police Hillary Clinton. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> and see if sure. she was in there fucking around. Okay, I could believe that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, the other thing about Reality Winner that I think is really interesting is that she's clearly like a Bernie person. Yeah. A lot of these leaks, like even the DNC hackings that supposedly happened, all that was revealed was that the DNC was rigged against Bernie and that the DNC was working with the campaign and with CNN to screw Bernie Sanders. Hmm. And, all right, so a big question is how exactly... Would that information being leaked, like, be a huge boon for Trump? Like, why would the Russians, like, who would be like, yes, okay, we have to, we have to beat Hillary, so what we're going to do is release, like, kind of gossip between Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Donna Brazil mm-hmm. and, uh, like, some other, you know, DNC people. Yeah. It's, like, really kind of a refracted argument. But, you know, I'm very sympathetic to the idea that Seth Rich, the DNC, the murdered DNC staffer, may really have been the, the, the leaker. I mean, that kind of seems a lot more... Yeah, it's more plausible than Russian hacking. Yes. And it also shows why they are so reluctant to let go of this idea of Russian hacking. Right. Because once that's gone, it's like, well, then what did happen? <laughs> Right, and then he becomes—he's the last man standing. Or the, although yeah, he's, as it were. <laughs> but what's funny is um, the idea that okay, because the hacking that happened in the DNC is someone sent John Podesta a phishing email, like put your login information yeah. here, and they did it. Now, is it really credible that you need the um, the, the the Russian? armies, hackers, like the, the most super sophisticated hackers in the world. I don't think that that's how they do things. No. And uh, Seth Rich, that thing was really big 
for a minute, and now it's kind of going away. And Hannity almost lost his job over it, from I what know. I understand. Which is how does how does that happen that they can they like don't report news? This is news you don't want to report. Who is is uh, applying pressure to Fox? No, yeah. uh, good question. I mean, who's applying pressure to Seth Rich's parents? Oh, the that only, would be the, the, only, uh, the, the CIA only, or something. <laughs> the only parents in history who who say, "Let's not investigate our son's murder." Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Let's just come on. Can we respect let it go? his memory? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they <laughs> say it, you know, with a visible, uh, you know, presence of somebody. I mean, uh, so their handler. Of. They have a handler. Who has a handler? Who, what what grieving parents have a handler? Well, you can kind of imagine. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've read too many, like, John le Carré novels. But you can picture someone going to them and being like, look, it's really important that people understand that your son was just killed by a robber or just randomly. And if you don't, like, you know, help us with this, then really bad things could happen. Yeah, I mean, a lot, know, I mean, a lot, a lot could happen that's unintended and yeah. collateral damage. And I mean, who's to say? I mean, I don't want to like you know. I, obviously, there's no evidence, but it just what it, it just seems extraordinarily like. The thing is, if you and I are figuring it out, you know, just based on shit we're reading, <laughs> I assume, right? I mean, you don't have an inside uh, no track on any of this, and thank God I don't either. But if we're figuring it out, who in the government, who in the in, in the intelligence community, who in the everybody must know. Well, Seth, uh, unfortunately, going to wrap. Okay, uh, for, the, for the moment, people should be reading your stuff, and they should be reading it in the City Journal. And now, what's the most convenient uh, way to find your work and writing uh, in City Journal? Go to uh, www.city-journal.org. I said dash before, didn't I? That's a mathematical hyphen thing. It's dash. a hyphen, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think that's... Not an M dash. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just a city-journal. Uh, City-journal.org. Yeah, or yeah. just search City Journal or Seth Barron. Seth Barron. Uh, and and yeah, you'll come upon it. Or follow you on Twitter, for that matter. That's at NYC Council Watch. That's right. C-O-U-N-C-I-L. NYC Council Watch. Thank you. Uh, one more time, Seth Barron. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over? Find out how to get extra content and bonus material from this and other shows. Go to patreon.com slash NYC. Check it out. Support New York City Crime Report. Go to patreon.com slash NYC. A lot of racial shit this year. A lot of racial shit. <laughs> White people are crazy. Ah, uh, fuck.